Hey everybody, Chris Avery with you on the official LA Chargers podcast. Today my guest is ESPN's Matt Bowen. Bowen discusses Gus Bradley's defense, the stellar start to Desmond King's NFL career, and his fantasy sleepers for 2017. He's the best when it comes to X's and O's, so let's get right into it. Here's Matt Bowen. Today's guest is one of my favorite people in the business to hear talk football. It doesn't matter what it is, X's and O's, fantasy, you always learn something new when Matt Bowen speaks. And he joins me now. You can follow him on Twitter, at MattBowen41. Matt, we got one more weekend, and the NFL is officially back in business. That's right. Just one more game. And, you know, with this game, for the veterans, you know, you're not going to play much. Maybe not at all. A lot of the starters don't play. I always tell this story. It's a lot different. When I was still in the league, uh, and I even go back to my rookie season in 2000, our starting safety. I uh, got a little banged up, so I, I had an opportunity to start the final and fourth preseason game. And I'm out there lining up against Troy Aiken and the Cowboys. I mean, Troy Aiken played in the fourth preseason game. That's how it was back then. You still play. Uh, and the preseason schedule has changed so much in terms of the amount of reps that you see starters getting, which you can go both ways. I mean, I, I think as a veteran, you got to play in the preseason. You need live game reps. You need to go through in-game adjustments. You need to have that simulation to get ready for the regular season. But I also understand the opposite side is, hey, We've seen a lot of guys in the preseason go down with, with injuries and season-ending injuries. So I can understand this. So really what this game is about, fourth preseason game, if you're a young guy, if you're number 52 right now on the roster, number 55 or 56, even six, you know, you cut down to 53 this weekend, you got to make a play. you got to make something happen. That, that's the great thing about pro football, and it's opportunity-based. Everyone's going to get an opportunity to play tonight. Those guys who have not had a lot of, a lot of reps who have not had a lot of reps in practice, too. This is their opportunity. And it might not be making a play to get on the Chargers roster or the Bears roster. It might be even making a play, hey, maybe Jacksonville's looking for another safety. Maybe Jacksonville's looking for a guy to cover kicks. Maybe the New England Patriots are looking for that hybrid safety that could play in their dime packs. You don't know what it is. So it's still a great opportunity to go out, play football, try to make a play, offense, defense, and especially special teams. And I'll tell you this, too. There's no one left, okay? So what I mean by that is that last preseason game, you can't go to the sideline and tap your helmet and say, hey, I need a blow. There's no one left to put in. Starters aren't coming in. They're not putting their pads on the fourth quarter. You got to go. You got to go. And it's a great test of your conditioning and your mental toughness tonight, too. Because I've been in that fourth preseason game. I've been in it. And not only as a rookie, but later in my career when I was still trying to stay in the league and make the team. You're not coming out. You're going to go cover, kick, and play defense. Then you're playing punt return. The offense turns over the ball immediately. Guess what? You're right back on the field. But the, but the great thing about that, it's more reps, more film. It's really about film. It's about putting quality stuff on film. Greg Williams, my defense coordinator in Washington, always used to tell us every day is an interview. And every chance you have to get yourself on film, that's a chance to autograph your performance. So what a beautiful thing tonight for those young guys that are trying to make an NFL club. Great opportunity. It, it is. It's a huge opportunity. And this podcast, we're taping this on a Thursday. It's going to be up Friday morning. So the Chargers would have played the 49ers. And like you said, Matt, the, the, the cut down has been changed this year. So you have that extra game to put stuff on film. For, let me give you an example. Matt, we've seen Phillip Rivers for three series during the preseason, three touchdowns, 11 of 12, three touchdown drives, two touchdown passes. 
We know what Phillip Rivers is. It's all about these young guys trying to figure out how we're going to fill out this roster and, and the depth behind some of these high-quality starters with the Chargers. It is. It is. And it just goes back to that opportunity. And really, it's not. if you look, you talk about Phillip Rivers, that's what you want offensively. You want points every drive in the preseason. That's what you want. Or field position. You want to put together three, four first downs and, and simulate those game situations. Punt the ball, give your defense good field position. Because you want to see your defense in those field, in those different game situations as well. Look, I wrote a piece for ESPN last week because I think everyone right now is trying to figure out the preseason. You know, what's the best solution here? Do you need four games? Can you cut it down to three, cut it down to two? I think more and more teams, and, and L.A. did this, this this summer, is have joint practices. Now, joint practices are great. They're great. I went through them. I'll tell you a story. When I was a rookie with the Rams, this is right after – you know, Kurt and Marshall and those guys uh, just beat the Tennessee Titans in one of the in a great Super Bowl. So Tennessee came to Macomb, Illinois. We're at Western Illinois University, about a thousand degrees, and they came for three days of practices plus a scrimmage. And I went up for inside run. Inside run is it's all runs. There's nowhere to hide. I mean, it puts you in a phone booth. And I look across the line, and Frank White checks at tight end. Lorenzo Neal's at fullback, and Eddie George is at tailback. Oh I was thinking, okay, this is what the NFL is. I guess. They run a lead ISO right at me. It's me and Lorenzo Neal, and I've done a lot of radio with Lowe. He's up in uh, the Bay Area now doing radio. Awesome guy. And Lowe hits me, and, I mean, it's like everything came out of my body. <laughs> everything. I said, I've never even hit like that in my life. And the next play, Eddie George bounces ball outside. You know, and it's not lag. It's stud. You're supposed to wrap up. But when you got to just wrap up Eddie George, you just have to let him run into you. So it was a wake-up call, but I needed those reps. And, again, those are opportunities for your front office, your head coach, your GM, your position coach to evaluate what you can do. The speed of the game dramatically increases, or the speed of practice in this case dramatically increases because of the competition level rises. And I know there's, you know, with, with joint practice, things get heated. You know what, that, that, that happens. That happens. It's not going to ruin anything. If things get heated, we've seen it all, all, all summer between teams that have joint practices. But, hey, that's a great opportunity to raise your own level of competi- competition and get more film because all that stuff is film. Film's always rolling, always rolling. Another opportunity to get evaluated. I think every team needs to do that. They do. you got to do that because of the CBA, because of the reduction in the amount of time to get hit in your own sessions. you got to have another team come in to – raise that competition level and put these players in a better situation to where they can be evaluated. It, you know, Matt, that was a big reason why in that second preseason game, Chargers and Saints, Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers didn't play in that game because of the quality work that they got in during the week. I tell you, that first right. that first joint practice between the Chargers and the Saints, Phillip Rivers, the ball didn't hit the ground. And they got some fantastic work in on both sides of the football. And at that point, you're like, all right, we, we went up against these guys on Thursday and Friday. We don't need to see Phillip Rivers in a game on Sunday because we know what he was able to do against these guys earlier in the week. And then, you know, obviously the Rams, they got two really good practices against the Rams, one at StubHub Center, one at UC Irvine. So, you know, I talked to Dan Feeney, and he said for, for him, a rookie, a young guy, to get those reps against another opponent. Mind you, he's got to go up against that Chargers defensive line every single day. Um, but right. to, to go up against a, a Saints D-line or a Rams D-line, mind you, Aaron Donald's not in camp yet, it, it just it gives you kind of a, a depromater where you're like, all right, this is where I, I stand, and this is kind of a taste of what the NFL is going to be like on Sundays when it starts to be real. 
Right, and the best part about that is, especially young guys, is you haven't studied tape. Uh, like you said, uh, uh, for example, with Chargers, Cracks, and the Saints, you haven't studied their tape. And as a rookie, you, you can't cheat. That's what I mean. You can't say, well, I know this guy can beat him with the rip move, or uh, he's heavy in his stance. I can get him back in his heels when I brush the pass. I know uh, what this wide receiver wants to do at the top of the break. No, no, you can't cheat. And what I mean by that, it just has to line up and read the keys and play ball. That's the best play. That is the best opportunity to evaluate. So we'll see how they react. Hey, can you react to a route you've never seen before? Can you react to personnel you have not practiced against? Just be honest. You practice against your, you, with your own team. And after a week, you know everyone's positives and negatives. You know how to take advantage of your teammates on the field uh, and their strengths and weaknesses. You know what can get you beat, what allows you to make a play. But when you bring another team in, they, it, <laughs> They see the lineup, read your keys, and play football. Let's find out who's physical, who's tough, who's a smart football player. Because that's really what it is. They're smart, tough, and physical. That's football right there to me, whether it's at the high school level where I coach Saturdays in college football or Sundays in the program. If I'm an evaluator, if I'm a head coach, I want smart, tough, and physical players. That's it. That's that's what you need. And I think Anthony Lynn is is creating an environment where he, he wants mentally tough and physically tough players. And I think I think you're seeing that change in this football team from last year to this year. And Matt, I want to talk about this defense with Gus Bradley coming in. If you could take the fans through what this defense is about and how the personnel on this defense fits the scheme that Gus likes to run. Right. Okay. Well, it's the same scheme you're going to watch with the Seattle Seahawks or with Dan Quinn down in Atlanta. And obviously, they have variations. I mean, you, you'll, throughout the season, you'll see the Chargers run some single high man free. They'll bring some zone pressure, some man pressure. They might play some too deep. Everyone has uh, a bunch of stuff in their game plan they can run. But at the core, that's why I talk about defense. What are the core? They're three deep, four underneath. They're cover three team. Okay. And with cover three, what you need, first of all, is four guys up front that can win versus run in the pass. You want guys that are quick off the ball, that are athletic. They can win and play gap control versus the run. They can get home versus the quarterback. Because anytime you're playing a zone defense, whether it's Gus Bradley and whether we're talking about Lovey Smith when he was here in Chicago running too deep, you got to have the guys up front. But in the back seven, again, it's speed. It's speed. It's speed, vision, and tackling. That's really what it is. It's not complicated. That's what I love about this defense. You don't have to be a mad scientist. Because, Chris, you can only do so much with 11 guys in the field, right? Okay, you're not going to recreate football. No one is. I mean, some, some coaches think they can. Uh, you, you cannot. So let's find a defense that allows our players to play fast. And that's what this defense is. You got to have a free safety in the post. A guy that's got range that can close the, what I say, close the seam in the post. Take away the seam route, take away the post route. Because there's range, his vision, his football intelligence to get a break in the ball. You got to have corners outside that are very physical and very aggressive. Guys that have great feet, they can pattern match. Because in, in Coach Bradley's cover three, a lot of times you'll see him in press. You say, well, you know, that's not how cover three is. And it's a little different. Because cover three at the high school and the college level, you see corners off at seven yards. They're going to they're pedal and stay on top in the outside third. Well, in this defense, they're going to press, and they're going to match any vertical route. It's almost looks like, uh, you know, an analogy here is anyone who's played hoops, like a matchup zone in basketball. Guy in his zone, and it's almost like man, right? Underneath, you got to have guys that are fast and take great angles to the football and wrap up on contact. Because you're going you're gonna to force the ball underneath. You're going to force the ball underneath. Look, I posted a, a 
something on Desmond King last week at a play he made versus the Saints. Ball in the flat was he'd do break down hill with speed, wrap up, put the ball carry on the ground. That's a win for the defense. That's what you want to get to. That's what you want to get to. And you want to get to the offense in the third and seven to ten. And you want to force them to throw the ball in the flat or force them to throw the intermediate check down. Then you drive downhill, you put your pads on, you wrap up, and you say, time to punt the football. Time to punt the football. Because we're going to take away everything over the top. We're going to get incredible depth with our linebackers, our safety, or our nickel underneath. We're going to force you to throw the ball underneath, and then that's where our personnel is going to stand out. That's why we're looking for guys that have great hits, great flexibility as athletes, and are physical as heck on contact. You mentioned Desmond King, Matt, and you and I spoke, I want to say a week or two after the draft, and you said, hey, we're talking about draft value here in the fifth round with Desmond King, and he's done nothing but make plays in the preseason, man, we're talking about whatever you need, a sack, a, a tackle right. on a third down, a, a pass breakup, uh, hustle plays. I remember the first preseason game, I think the most impressive play of the preseason, in my opinion, he walked some guy down, uh, the, a Seattle ru- uh, running back in the fourth quarter. It was like a 50-yard run uh, or a 50-yard pass. And, and he, he hustled down, knocked the ball out. And it, it's just those little plays. He, he has the instincts, to me, that – can change or, or alter the momentum of a football game. And to have a guy like that, you put him in the nickel with, with Hayward and Verrett, that's going to be something there in the secondary. Yeah, and I love it because, you know, there's no more stopwatch. I don't want you to get pads on. There's no more change of direction drills, three cone. I don't care how high a guy can jump. Can you play ball? That's what I want to know, Chris. Can you play football? Okay, because I think when you look at Dez, and what did Dez run, 4-5-2 in the 40? Uh, I think he plays faster than four or five two. There's no question about it because his eyes, his vision is great. His English for the ball. He's very well coached, you know, and I'm biased, obviously. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I love Iowa football. And Phil Parker was my defensive back coach uh, way back in 1999. He's still the defensive back coach at the University of Iowa. Now he's the defense coordinator as well. But Phil's one of the best coaches I've ever played for because what does he teach? Technique and fundamentals and physicality, right? It goes back to smart, tough, and physical, what we just talked about. That's Iowa football. That's always been Iowa football. And that's what you get when you draft a guy from Iowa. Not only that, but the maturity. I think you're getting a second-year pro. And what I mean by that, I'm not talking about talent level here. I'm talking about the maturity, the football intelligence, the preparation, the accountability of the football player. That's what you get when you draft a Hawkeye. And I think you've seen that with Dez in the preseason. Does that mean he's going to be perfect? No. No, Dez is still a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. And he'll make mistakes during the regular season. But what you're looking at there is that arrow. Is the arrow pointing up? And so you always look at with young players. They're pointing up based on the off-season workouts, based on where he is right now heading into the regular season. Of course it is with Dez. All you got to do is turn on the preseason tape. I've watched it. Like you said, he can do a lot of different things. That's his versatility. I think part of the reason he fell a little bit in the drafts is a lot of teams didn't know what he was. What is he? Is he a safety? Is he a box safety? Is he he a post safety? Is he an outside corner? Is he a slot corner? Is he a zone defender? I'll tell you what. This is a great system for him. What we just talked about with Coach Bradley, this is a great system for Dez because it allows him to get his eyes on the quarterback. It allows him to see the field. That's where he's at his best. If you go back to the Iowa film and look at a lot of his picks, at Iowa's quarter-quarter half. That's what they were at Iowa. You know, a lot of people call it cover six. At Iowa, they call it cover eight, quarter-quarter half. Now, a lot of them be a you know, rolled-up corner at times, pressing, pressing the wide receiver and playing the, playing the flat and tackling versus run, or a quarter corner where he's over the top again eyes in the quarterback 
his cushion, the wide receiver break and the throw. He's got excellent ball skills. I think what you really see for Chargers fans is you see a guy is going to pop on film when he turns on the special teams tape. And that's where you have to make your money as, as a rook. You're going to get in the rotation, whether it's in your sub packages or if the starter goes down for a little bit, gets banged up, you're going to get in. But really your immediate value is on special teams. That's going to be able to cover kicks for you. He can return kicks. He'll be a core special teams player. And I've said this before, Chris. If you're a defensive football player, you want to play special teams. It is one of the best teaching tools in football, one of the best. Because what do you have to do on special teams? You have to play fast. You have to win with your hands. The technique of the point of attack to, to shed blocks or rip through blocks. You have to create angles for the ball. And you have to tackle on the open field against the best returners in the world. So that's what those guys are. They're the best in the world. That's why they're, they're starting returners for NFL football teams. That's an awesome, awesome developmental tool because it teaches you the game of football. And I really think for any young player, because that's what I did as a rookie with the Rams, is starting on special teams. That's going to impact and dramatically increase your learning curve for pro football. But in a roundabout way, you know, I get excited when I talk about Dez. I'm not going to lie about that <laughs> uh, because I love, I love watching him play at Iowa. I know what he meant to the Iowa program. I know how important he was for them to get to the, in that Rose Bowl season. So an excellent football player. And really now, doesn't matter where you drafted, right, Chris? No one cares anymore. It doesn't matter. If you're on a team, you're not. If you play in a role, you're not. No one cares. No one cares. Matt, he's been that's a great part about football. He's been the most impressive rookie. I mean, I'll be at four slamp, unfortunate injury. Uh, Mike Williams, we're, we're still right. wanting, wanting to see him on the field. But, you know, Dan Feeney's had a good camp. Some of these other guys have had good camps. But with King, it's just wow. And it's not so much in the practices. I mean, it's it's when, when the lights are on in the games. That's right. when you're seeing these plays being made. And it's just been a lot of fun to watch. Another guy I want to ask you about is actually two guys, Jason Barrett and Casey Hayward. How do those guys fit what Gus likes to do? And we saw Verrett for the first time last week. He had an interception. And I think the anticipation of seeing him and Hayward together in that secondary, in this Gus Bradley scheme, is very intriguing, and everybody's waiting for week one against the Broncos. Well, I'll start with, with Coach Bradley's scheme. You've got to have competitive corners. Okay, and everyone says they compete, and I get that. And they say it in seventh grade football, too. I love to compete. I understand that. Everyone loves to compete. But show me. Show me to compete. Compete for the ball. Compete at the, at the top of the route. Be physical in the run game. That's competition. Vincent Verrett has some of the best footwork in the NFL. I always use the term transition speed with the guys I coach at the high school level. What does transition speed mean? That means coming out of your pedal. It means coming out of your brakes. It means closing to the receiver or to the ball instantly. It's the best. It's the best. I'm telling you, it's up there with Patrick Peterson, okay, in terms of his ability to plant and drive in the football, to sink his hips and break. And with Hayward, I mean, it's sort of the film last year. He's around the ball, okay? He's around the football. Not, and here's the thing with interceptions. You're not going to plant and drive and cut in front of the receiver every single time and make a pick, okay? That's not reality. Sometimes the ball just finds you. But there's a reason the ball finds you. The guys who are around the football, are around the football for the reason. They're in the proper alignment. They're playing with the proper leverage at cornerback. They're driving on the throw. They're doing the proper things. That's why he's around the football. I think you have two ultra-competitive corners that can fit perfectly in that system. That's what you want. That's what you want. I'd love to coach those guys. <laughs> I would love to do it because of their technique, their competitiveness, and I think their toughness overall is really going to show in this system. 
I'm really excited to see Hayward and Verrett together because I think Hayward did not play in the, in the third preseason game. So I think the first time we're going to see those guys together since last season will be week one against the Broncos, a big test in Denver. Yep. Uh, but, you know, Matt, when we look at the offensive side of the ball, we know what Phillip Rivers is. He gets Keenan Allen back. I look mm-hmm. at the weapons on the outside here, coupled with Melvin Gordon in the backfield. This offense has an opportunity to be super explosive. Uh, when you turn on the tape, what do you see when all these guys are healthy? I, I just, I, you know, you don't really see a weakness, I think, on the outside. No, you don't, because Keenan Allen is one of the best route runners in the NFL. That's what he is. I mean, he's so smooth, so smooth. The way he stems the route, the way he sets up defensive backs, and the way he creates separation, that's pro football. He has to do that to win. You see it with Antonio Brown all the time. Odell Beckham. You see it with the top guys. Keenan Allen is one of the top route runners in the NFL. There's no question about that. Double tight end sets. Double tight end sets with Hunter Henry and Antonio Gates. And I'm a big fan of Hunter Henry. Big fan. Big fan when you talk about what he can do from a size and matchup ability perspective. What he can do within the route running, his athleticism, the way he can produce after the catch, the way he has learned to use his frame at the point of attack. I always go back to the play they ran against Denver last season. I think it was that Thursday night game. They ran the fake tunnel screen outside, and the Broncos, I think it was Tlaib and Chris Harris, passed off the route, which you're supposed to do in the goal line or deep red zone situations called a banjo technique. And what happened was Henry faked outside like he was blocking and stemmed up the field on a little quick inside scene. Yes, Chris Harris is, might be one of the top cover guys in the NFL. Chris Harris couldn't get to the football. Couldn't get to the football. All he did, he, it's almost like boxing a guy out in hoops. If you got position on a low block, you probably get the ball in basketball, right? Same thing with football. He had position on a low block against Chris Harris, turn around, great ball from Phil Rivers, upfield shoulder, makes the play. I think you saw last year what he can do inside of the red zone. Being eight total touchdowns, seven of them were in the plus 20 area of the football field. That's chemistry. Of, you know, and that, Chris, you don't see that very often with young skill players. It takes time for them to develop chemistry with a veteran quarterback like Phil Rivers. And it was very apparent they developed that chemistry quick that, that Rivers would look for him that often. And Gates, and I know Gates is at the end of his career, but he still got the footwork to beat you. He still understands. He's a veteran guy. He knows how to create leverage. He knows. He knows how to run option routes. He understands immediately what the coverage is. And I can sit down in the soft hole in the zone coverage and catch the football, whether it moves the sticks or whether to put points on the board. I think you can't forget about Travis Benjamin. We've seen, Matt, he's had an unbelievable camp. Unbelievable camp. And I think he's going to be the X factor in this offense because he stretches the field and he was hurt last year. So that speed, believe me, the speed is on full display in camp. He's had two long touchdowns in preseason games already. And to have him and Keenan Allen healthy, coupled with those two tight ends, and Tyrell Williams. Tyrell Williams was yep, the one Tyrell. who, who yeah. he, led the, uh, he led the team in uh, receiving yards last year. He had 1,000 yards and right. seven touchdowns. Right. And, and real quick on Benjamin, I'll tell you right now what true raw speed does from the secondary perspective. It impacts everything. It does. You have to know where he is in the field. If you're a deep top safety and he's in the slot, you better back up because you've got to overlap the seams in the middle of the field. And if you're a post safety and he's outside, we might have to cheat your alignment a little bit. You've got to get to the bottom of the numbers to post safety in the NFL to, to help in the fade. You've got to go now. 
you take a false step or you're high and you're backpedal, you're stiff in your hips, you're not going to help the corner. And it's a touchdown. It's a touchdown. Also, what that does, think about we talk about Keenan Allen, his route running ability, or the tight ends, or Tyrell Williams. When Travis Benjamin runs down the middle of the field, he's going to pull a lot of guys with him as well. Because you have to respect that speed. You have to. You can run what I call a dagger route. And the dagger route is when you have number two run up the scene. I mean, just, just run as fast as you can. Well, that's going to pull the underneath defenders. It's going to pull the safety. And then you run a square and at 15 yards behind it. Well, that square is going to be wide open now. It's going to be wide open because the safety can't jump it. The safety jumps and the Rivers is tossing the ball down the field to Benjamin for an 80-yard touchdown. So it does a lot of different things for you. And really, from the secondary perspective, it's the first thing you're talking about. Wednesday morning, get the game plan. I said, okay, we got to know where Benjamin is. When he's in the game, we got to know where he is. Because he's there for a reason. He's there to either clear us out or he's there to create a big play. And we have to be aware of that all, at all times. I look at what Tampa did this offseason, Matt, getting Deshaun Jackson. You don't think that's going to help mm-hmm. Mike Evans? You don't think that's going to help Bray and O.J. Howard? You know, it, it's that speed is going to change everything. And I think people forget about Travis Benjamin and his speed because he, he was dealing with some nagging injury last year. And to get him and Keenan Allen on the same field, I, I think is going to be a lot of fun. And actually, I was looking at your, uh, you have a, a PPR mock draft on uh, ESPN's NFL Fantasy page. And I saw you had a couple bolts on your squad. You had Keenan Allen, I think, in the third round, and you got Hunter Henry late. And going back to Henry, Matt, I don't know if I'm crazy for saying this, but I, I really do believe it. I, I think he has the potential to be a top five tight end this year, even with Gates on the field because of that chemistry with Rivers. He had eight touchdowns on, I think, on 53 targets last year. Those targets are definitely going to go up, and we've talked about it. Just just those other weapons, with when you have Allen and, and Benjamin on the field, you're going to get some opportunities with Phillip Rivers as your quarterback. Right, because you have to play matchups. You have to play matchups versus him. And what's the matchup? Is it a linebacker? Hey, come on, man. If it's a linebacker, that's where the ball's going, right? Yeah. Okay, that's where the ball's going. So you got to put a safety on it. And now you got the size advantage. you got the size advantage. And look at what they did. If it, when we talked about that Denver game last year, if you look at the opening drive in that game, how well-scripted it was, how well-scripted that offense was in terms of creating space for Henry. And what they did is they, I think they came on three tight ends, three tight end personnel. And they ran rub routes. And rub routes is where you just create a lot of traffic. So not only do you have to match up to his, his size and athleticism and speed, now you got to get through a bunch of traffic to get to his hip, to his upfield shoulder. It's a lot to ask for the defensive back. So there are ways, even with his matchup ability, you can increase that through scheme and through route scheme. Okay? And I think you're going to see that a lot this year. I think you'll see him remove from the formation board. And what I mean by that is, you know, we think of a tight end, he's got his hand on the ground, you know, and he's right next to the tackle. And you'll see that as well. But really, flexing him out, whether it's in the slot or whether it's the, especially the backside of three-by-one. Okay, we used to call this a Dakota formation. I mean, it's, it's three wide receiver personnel. So what you have is you have three wide receivers to one side of the field, tight end the backside. So the tight end becomes that backside X receiver from a playbook perspective. So now what do you do if you're a man coverage? Who's walking out there? That's the first thing Rivers is going to look at. Who's walking out there? What's a linebacker? Okay, here we go. Let's run a slant. All that is, run a slant. Super high percentage throw. He's going to create separation because there's going to be some contact there at the top of the route when you have an aggressive linebacker, an aggressive tight end. There's going to be some contact there, create separation inside. That's plus 10 yards right there. Now you got to tackle. Okay. 
Okay, let's say they stay in zone. It's a cornerback out there. Well, there's a lot of different things you can run. Run a dig route, which is a square in at 15, 12 to 15 yards. Run the fade. Throw the back shoulder ball. Put up top. Let him use his size to make the catch. So there's ways we can do that through formation, alignment, and scheme to feed him the football. And I agree with you. Super high ceiling. You know, we're talking, you mentioned fantasy football. He's a tight end one all day for me. And from the perspective of watching football on Sundays and defensive preparation, he's an issue. He's an issue. You better have a matchup to stop. Okay, a quick break and then more with ESPN's Matt Bowen. If you're a fan of the Chargers, shop our huge selection of Los Angeles Chargers gear and merchandise at the official pro shop of the Los Angeles Chargers. Buy officially licensed Chargers apparel to cheer on the team, including Chargers jerseys, t-shirts, tailgating gear, salute to service gear, and much more. Browse our collection of the most popular items and school accessories such as backpacks, fidget spinners, and Chargers back-to-school supplies. Find any kind of Los Angeles Chargers gear or clothing you may ever need today at shop.chargers.com. Hey fans, be there live to support the L.A. Chargers this season. Always buy your Chargers tickets from our official ticketing partner, Ticketmaster and the NFL Ticket Exchange. Only Ticketmaster has verified tickets that are 100% guaranteed to get you in every time. Other sellers can only guarantee they'll give you a refund if they sell you a fraudulent ticket. So go with a trusted source and our official partner and know you're going to the game. Matt, from a fantasy football perspective, even even outside the Chargers, g- give me a couple of guys because listen, Chargers fans have their fantasy drafts this weekend, and you know you probably want to get some of your some of your guys from your favorite team. But who are a few sleepers in kind of mid rounds that you had your eye on when you were doing your mock drafts? Ah, some sleepers. Um, well, I think you start at the quarterback position. And I don't think Jameis is a sleeper anymore. But going into camp, I think Jameis Winston at the top. And this is why. He, he's thrown for 4,000 yards in his first two seasons, both times. He's got to cut down the interceptions. Everyone understands that. But you mentioned the addition of Deshaun Jackson, the draft, O.J. Howard. That offense, if you go back to some of the preseason tape, and especially how they run their offense, there's be a lot of play action, a lot of boot, get Jameis the edge of the pocket, use the tight ends in the middle of the field. Mike Evans. If you watch Mike Evans on film, I mean, you talk about size and matchup ability. That's what it is. I mean, he is so tough on film. It is so tough on film. On deep inside cuts, the fade route, red zone opportunities. I think Jarrett's can be a QB1. The other quarterback I talked about was Carson Wentz. Okay, and this is why, because you can get Carson Wentz real late in your draft. He's not going to be considered a QB1 to start the season. But look what they add. Again, speed. Torrey Smith. Torrey Smith didn't have as productive of seasons as we expected going to San, in San Francisco, but now he's back in the East Coast. And what they can do with him, deep balls over the top, clearing out space for Alshon Jeffrey. And Jeffrey is perfect in a West Coast offense. Understand about true West Coast. And obviously Philly, Coach Peterson is, is going to expand. They're not going to be West Coast every time. But if you look at Andy Reid's offense in Kansas City, which is the same offense I played against in the early 2000s when he was in Philly. Again, they've added stuff to it. There's more spread concepts, football changes and evolves, and all these coaches keep up with it. But at their core, where's the ball thrown in the West Coast offense? Between the numbers and the hash. Okay, that's where the ball is supposed to be thrown. Well, you got to have matchups there, okay? And you get that with Jeffrey. Size, frame, body control, ball skills to the point of attack. I think Wentz can, can surprise, surprise some people. And running back is Isaiah Crowell from Cleveland. You know, last year I think he had 952 yards 
seven touchdowns, I want to say. Had 40 grabs in the passing game as well. Now, Duke Johnson's going to cut in some of those receptions. They really like Duke Johnson and what he can do in that offense. I think you're going to see Duke uh, almost like a wide receiver at times. It's another guy to get late. Not super late, but later in PPR drafts is Duke Johnson and Cleveland. And I like Isaiah Corral as a solid running back, too, because of Hugh Jackson. He wants to run the football. That offensive line, too, man. Yeah. Yeah. And they're starting a rookie quarterback. Look, when you have a rookie quarterback, you have to protect him. You have to. You have to put them in favorable or positive game situations. And to do that, you got to run the ball. You have to win in the run game. You don't want a rookie quarterback in third and 11 plus. Trust me, that, 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 that's a bad situation. That's when defense says, okay, we're going we're to get the ball here. Okay, we're going to send pressure. We're going to trap coverage, a lot of different things. We're going to go after him and make it extremely hard for him to make a play. So you want to get him third and two to six. Third and two to six, got to run the football. Got to run the football. I think Corral's got an underrated skill set, and he's great in their scheme. You look at Hughes' scheme, a lot of two back runs. Downhill power, pull the backside guard, kick out with the fullback, create a roadmap for the running back, okay? And he's got an extra gear to his game, too. You don't see it all the time. You go back early in the season last year when they played Baltimore, I think he had an 80-plus yard touchdown run. He can move. He can move when he goes to that extra gear. So Isaiah Corral is a good running back. Also with the rookies, I really like Dalvin Cook. There's a lot of rookies, man. There are a lot of rookies. Yeah. I love this college tape at Florida State. You go back, Chris, and turn on the Florida State Clemson tape, last year okay that's the national champs and tell me Dalvin Cook isn't pro ready okay he's got the speed to bounce the ball outside he plays with good vision he's got enough power in his shoulder pads and won the ball in between the tackles and it was a great opportunity but Davis Murray was didn't practice much this this training camp so what happens well like I said at the beginning the film's always rolling right so it's an opportunity for someone else to take that job and that's what Dalvin Cook did uh you know he catch the ball in the backfield too it's a true three-down player He's a three-down football player, and that's great. You're looking for a running back, too. That's the player you want to target. Now, obviously, McCaffrey, uh, and I love McCaffrey's film. I love it at Stanford. And what he's really shown this year, which I think is why his fantasy value is really through the roof right now. We had our ESPN staff fantasy draft the other night, and it was a three-wide receiver league, PPR. McCaffrey went 20 overall. 20. That's real high. 20 overall. And I think if we're doing this, at the beginning of camp, he would have been in the 30s, maybe in the 40s. But everyone's seen what they've done with McCaffrey during the preseason. All right, he's running the ball on power O and kind of roll up. He's getting inside the tap. So you start to think, well, hey, this guy might eventually, throughout the course of the season, take a lot of carries from Jonathan Stewart and be a true three-down player. Because we haven't even, Chris, we haven't even seen the regular season game plan. You know, and Cam Newton hasn't played much this preseason. Now imagine a healthy Cam Newton. With Christian McCaffrey in the shotgun and the pistol running his own league, well, well, who are you going to take away? You don't want Cam carrying the ball, right? Okay, so there's going to be a lane there, and we call it the bend. When the running back bends back through that lane, it's going to be open for McCaffrey to stick his foot in the ground and go. Plus, they could do with him in the passing game. Again, preseason tape never tells the entire story from a game plan perspective. Just wait till he's aligned on the slot. Just wait till they're throwing in bubble screens. Just wait. Oh, they haven't even scratched again, the surface yet. No, no, and again, we go back to matchups. You're not putting a linebacker on him. You better not. I'm throwing the ball to him every time, okay? So, yeah, tough matchup. <laughs> and then, oh, also, the Panthers, look at the preseason Kelvin Benjamin had. Excellent preseason. He looks like the player before the knee injury. So, I think Kelvin Benjamin has much higher value in standard scoring leagues or PPR leagues. Uh, I just went to yesterday, I'm, I'm ranking standard scoring this year for ESPN uh, weekly rankings. 
And I start bumping Kelvin Benjamin up because he's going to catch touchdowns. He's still going to be that deep inside target for Cam Newton in the red zone. Again, if we're talking standard scoring, Devontae Parker for Miami. Hey. Jay seems to have a liking for Mr. Parker. Yeah. Yeah, you can get a glimpse of what's going on there. And Jay has been playing a ton. But that's the perfect offense for Jay Cutler. I wrote a piece about that for ESPN uh, when Jay signed with Miami because of Adam Gase. You go back to the 2015 film here in Chicago, and Jay didn't throw 40, 50 touchdowns. But I see he threw 21 touchdowns and 12 picks. But very efficient for Jay Cutler, very efficient. A lot of RPOs, it's a run-pass option in Adam Gase's offense. That, that caters to, to Jay's mobility and movement skills. But what he loves, Chris, is that 50-50 throw. When I mean 50-50 throw, that wide receiver's covered, the ball's still coming. Here in Chicago was Jeffrey. In Miami, it's going to be Parker. There's going to be deep shots, a lot of inside cuts, those deep comebacks. That's where the ball is going. I think it's going to hurt Jarvis Landry's value a little bit. And fantasy owners have to understand that. It's going to hurt his value a little bit. But it's going to increase the value of Parker, and especially in standard scoring leagues. Because he's the type of guy, he's not going to get to 12 catches a game. That's not, that's not what he does. But he might catch three or four balls for 95 yards and two scores. That's, That's the guy you're getting. Him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. And, and you can get him as like your your wide receiver three, you know, yep. put him in the flex to your point in a, in a standard league, and, and you're sitting pretty. Yeah. I think Adam Thielen's another guy from Minnesota. You know, Laquan Treadwell has not uh, developed as fast as people expected. So he's really the third wide receiver still in Minnesota. And, again, this is PPR over standard because everyone's seen Sam Bradford. I mean, his yards, third attempt. And they're like quick passes. They're, they're West Coast. Get the ball out. Uh, curl flat, slant flat, uh, inside option. Run. So they want to get the ball out of his hands. And part of that has to do with their offensive line issues the last couple of seasons. They've upgraded a little bit. They had a new tackle. They're better than last year. But they still want to get the ball out hot. And so if you're looking for a PPR target, a sleeper, possibly a wide receiver too, maybe you're starting flex, I'd say Adam Thielen. Another guy is Pierre Garçon. I mean, people always sleep on Garçon. They always sleep on him. I mean, Garçon is one of the toughest players in the NFL. That's what he is. Just watch his film. I think he can play strong safety. There's no doubt in my mind he can play strong safety. I'd, I'd put him in the box. I'd have no problem putting him in the box saying, hey, the tight end blocks down, we'll make the tackle. I wouldn't have any problem with that or, or playing Gus Bradley's scheme. They drop to the drop to the curl and drop in the throw. I'd be scared no to see Pierre Garcon in the box, Matt. <laughs> right, right. But that's what he – that his toughness. And, Chris, what that translates to in Coach Shanahan's offense in San Francisco, inside cut. He's not afraid to catch the ball and get hit. He's not. He's going to bounce up. He's going to go next play. He can be a PPR machine. A machine. You're talking 10, 12 targets a game. And a solid wide receiver, too, in PPR. Solid wide receiver, too, for there. And I haven't even discussed, <clears throat> you know, Kareem Hunt. In all the mock drafts, I was, I was scooping up Kareem Hunt late. You know, not late, but later. Now, man. He's third, fourth-round pick now. Yeah, his value's to the roof after the Spencer Ware injury. And really, Kareem Hunt, when you watch his film, good fit. He's got a great body control. He's got power in his pads. He's got enough speed. And, again, at the running back position, I could care less what your 40 time is. I don't really care. Uh, you, can you get through the hole? That's what I want to see. Can you get through the hole to get that, that, that extra burst to get through the hole? He's got that. He's got some lateral ability to shake defenders in the field. Then he finishes runs. Plus, he had over 40 catches last year in Toledo. He's going to catch Andy Reid's running backs. They catch football. It's West Coast. That's what they do. Really good player to get. And, again, a rookie, and I understand – 
there's always concern about rookies, especially a wide receiver drafting them. And running backs, that's the most natural transition to the pro level because the game isn't changing much. It's still about vision. It's still about balance, making defenders miss or running through and finishing runs. You still have to do that. So I have no problem drafting rookie running backs. No, I don't either. You, you talk about Kareem Hunt. I think I got him in like the 11th, 12th round in, in a draft, you know, two weeks ago. Now he's a third-round pick, and he actually may be, when it's all said and done, the top rookie running back, which is which is crazy because we talk about Fournette, we talk about Cook, we talk about McCaffrey, we talk about Mixon, and I think people forgot about Hunt, maybe just because Spencer Ware was there and Spencer Ware was the lead back last year, but all of a sudden you blink, this guy is going to have a huge role in an offense, to your point, in an Andy Reid offense, he's gonna there's going to be a lot of productivity out of Kareem Hunt in 2017. Matt, I want to get you out of here on this. AFC West, it's probably the toughest division in football. I, I would put it as the toughest division in football. Maybe you could argue the NFC East or NFC South, but for my money, it's the AFC West. Where do you see the LA Chargers in this mix for the AFC West crown? Well, I think you said it right there. They're in the mix. I, I, I think there's no question they can compete in that division. I think there's no question that and look, Chris, I've been on teams that have won division titles in the NFL before. You need a little luck. You do. you got to stay healthy throughout the course of the season. I know they've had some injuries to young guys. You know, that's football. What are you going to do? I mean, sit and worry about it? No, you just let the next guy in, you play. That, that's football. But you got to have some lucky breaks throughout the season. But there's no question they can compete in that division. There's no question. There's no question they can win that division. Okay, they can. I mean, it's just be honest. They can win that division. I'm not saying they're going to. I'm not making predictions here. But they can win that division. And I, I mean, Chris, I, if I can go back and play right now, that's the division I want to be in. You want that as a football player. You want those physical, intense games. That's what you want. You want to challenge yourself. You want every game to mean something. And that's a great part about playing in an excellent division. Is that the division wins, and those are most, more important than anything. They are. They are. And you're not going to be able to go into a game against Denver, Kansas City, or Oakland, and say, well, you know, this is our game. No, no, you're not going to know. You're going to have to battle in those games. Those games are going to be physical. They're going to be intense. They're going to be tough. It's going to be hard to get out of those games. It is. It's going to be hard to get out of those games and get Ws. But when I look at the landscape of the division, the four teams, sure they're, sure they're in the mix. There's no question they're in the mix. And if Phil Rivers is healthy, they got, they got a shot. you got to protect your quarterback. Got to protect your quarterback, especially in that, that division. You have to protect your quarterback in every team. Uh, the great thing about the division is I think they're all very similar. Okay, what I mean by that is they all have quarterbacks that can run their system, put points on the board, all right, based on their system. And they all have edge rushers. Okay, that's the thing. They can all get home to the quarterback. Every team in that division can get home to the quarterback. So, again, if, if you can protect your quarterback through the course of 16 weeks, that's your best opportunity to survive that division. I can't wait, Matt. It's, we got we got one more week, and the NFL is officially here. What are you working on right now with ESPN? You told me that you have a piece coming out today. We're taping this on a Thursday, so it should be up by the time uh, uh, folks get to it on Friday morning. Right. I, I did 32 plays for 32 teams. Every, every team in the league gets a play. And what I did is I went back to the tape this summer, and <clears> – <throat> I didn't want to find the plays that are at the top of the call sheet. Everyone knows that, okay? For example, I don't want to, I don't want to see uh, an option route to, to Keenan Allen. I, you know, I know that's coming. 
okay, or deep dig route, or curl, or, or levels concepts. And tight end. I know those are coming. I want to see stuff that pops in the film and say, you know what, hey, Coach, you need to run this a little bit more. Because I look at it from a defensive perspective. What would give me an issue? What would give me an issue? For the Chargers, I have a max protection play action where you clear out space with, with Benjamin and you get Keenan Allen run the deep seven cut. Man, it's nasty. It's nasty as a defensive, defensive player because you know your corner's going to get removed. You know your safety's going to get removed. And now you're chasing inside out versus one of the top route runners in the NFL. And the best part, going back to what we said about edge rushes, Rivers has time. He's got time. He's got time because of the blocking scheme up front in the pass protection. So look around the league. Uh, a lot of RTOs run pass options. I think those are the future of football. I think if you're not running, I'm behind. And run pass options, different than the high school level where I coach or college level, doesn't mean the quarterback's pulling the ball and running for 30 yards. That's, that's a fairy tale in the NFL. It doesn't happen, okay? What you want to see is either run play or pass play built together within one call. You're seeing a lot of that in the NFL. What that does is gives the quarterback opportunity to, to count the numbers in the box, find the matchup, read whether it's the linebacker safety walk down and that gives an opportunity to hand the ball off or to throw a quick game, or to throw a bubble, or to throw a tunnel screen outside. And if the offense reads it, they are always right. They are so tough to defend. But again, because I looked at some things that uh, some fans have said, well, that's not very cool, I guess. Uh, you know, with the Detroit Lions, they started inside trap to see a trap play. Fancy football players are not talking about trap plays on Sundays when they're watching games. They're not. But a well-executed trap is one of the most beautiful things in football. It is. It is, because it clears a running lane like you wouldn't believe. Uh, and it allows offensive guards and tackles to create angles in the box. So I, I, I kind of flipped around a little bit and found things that if I was the coach of that football team, this is what I would run more. That's awesome. I, I can't wait to check it out, and I suggest everybody check out Matt Bowen's work. It, not, not just the X's and O's. He, he's in the fantasy game over at ESPN, and he does a great job of just player breakdowns and anything you need to know. Uh, like I said, he's, he's one of my favorite people in this business just to hear talk about football. You can follow him on Twitter, at MattBowen41. And, Matt, hopefully we get to talk to you during the season. I can't thank you enough for your time. More than generous today, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Talk to you soon. Thank you. My thanks to Matt for joining me, and thanks to you guys for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the official L.A. Chargers podcast on iTunes and Google Play. And if you could, please leave a review. A big podcast next week before the Chargers take on the Broncos on Monday Night Football. So be on the lookout for that. And until next time, we'll see you soon.